Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can now read me on the new Fox Sports app. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. There's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA, and that is here. I hadn't planned to watch. In fact, I didn't watch. Not live. Because I promised all of you that I found it much easier for me to express positive thoughts about positive developments if I don't watch the Los Angeles Lakers right now. I'd sworn them off. I spent the better part of my Sunday watching my hometown Bengals beat my son's favorite team, the Raiders, and keeping tabs on the Cleveland Browns, having said on Speak for Yourself this week that it wasn't a must-win for Baker Mayfield against the Lions because the verdict is already in. The Browns need to find a better quarterback to take advantage of everything else they've put together. While the Detroit Pistons and Lakers were going at it, I got sucked into the better than I ever imagined it would be game between the Chargers and Steelers. But after I saw Kendrick Perkins' tweet that declared the Lakers' 121-116 comeback win over the Pistons as, and I quote, the game that brings them together and wakes up the monster, I had to see for myself if that was a case of Perk's hyperbole and I love the man, but he's been doing a lot of that lately. Or, indeed, the start of a purple and gold revival. I had to go back and dial up the second half and see for myself. The short answer? Wishful thinking. For all of us. But then again, sometimes wishes do come true. For those who didn't catch the game, or see the drama early in the third quarter that led to Perk's pronouncement, here's a synopsis. The Lakers were having their usual horrific third quarter this season, allowing the Pistons, the fourth youngest team in the league without a bona fide superstar, expand a seven-point halftime lead to 12, when, as Jeremy Grant made the second of two free throws, LeBron James and Pistons big man Isaiah Stewart got locked up fighting for position on the lane line. James, trying to pull free from Stewart, 
caught him with an elbow above the right eye and in the mouth with what appeared to be the back of his hand. Now, I've caught an elbow in the same place hooping myself, as I'm sure some of you have as well. It's an, it's an instant blood waterfall. Stewart went down and got back up and confronted LeBron, who did not appear to have any intention of clocking Stewart or going at him. But that didn't matter to Stewart. And I completely understand why it might not. He had just been hit not once, but twice in the head on a free throw. And the red he was seeing was not just the blood streaming down his face. He was incensed and inconsolable. By my count, he made three runs at trying to get to LeBron, even after seemingly the entire Pistons team tried to corral him. He even did the okey-doke at one point, assuring them he was okay in order to get them to loosen his grip, or their grip, so he could shake free and take another run at LeBron. The Pistons finally managed to herd him into the tunnel leading to the locker rooms, at which point Stewart suddenly sprinted to the back as if he planned to come back around through the other tunnel. Pistons guard Corey Joseph and a few police officers went over to the other tunnel just to make sure, and the referees warned the Lakers to be on the lookout for an ambush. End result, Stewart was called for a loose ball foul, assessed two technicals for his efforts at getting to LeBron. LeBron was ejected for a flagrant two, flagrant two foul, and Russ Westbrook was assessed a technical for putting his hands up during the scrum as if he was ready to square off with Stewart himself. I'm not going to get into the comparisons to the malice in the palace. There was no comparison. There were no fans involved. And this was a pretty routine play that simply drew blood. I thought the refs adjudicated the situation fairly. Whether LeBron intended it or not, he made contact above the head. Severe contact in this case. Stewart's histrionics merited him getting tossed as well. And while Westbrook played the victim card, suggesting after the game he didn't even know he'd received a technical and blamed it on the world being against him, I'm paraphrasing, but that was essentially it, the replay doesn't lie. Westbrook was, if not an instigator, certainly not helping matters. And then the game resumed. We didn't see any indication that the Lakers got together and decided to win one for LeBron or give Isaiah Stewart his comeuppance in absentia. The Lakers actually did not respond well. They seemed as out of sorts as the Pistons, who were put in the awkward position of playing for a teammate that they all had to feel at some level had overreacted and in any case, left them shorthanded, what with their other big man, Kelly, Kelly Olenek, out with a sprained knee, and Pistons coach Dwayne Casey apparently not interested in playing rookie Luke Garza, who was active but did not play a minute. On the Lakers' first possession after the dust-up, AD threw the ball out of bounds, attempting to pass it to Westbrook. Westbrook then missed a driving layup. AD then missed a pull-up jumper, badly. Soon after, Westbrook picked up his fourth foul, barreling into a piston with an out-of-control drive. Detroit wasn't much better. Jeremy Grant hit a deep three on the Pistons' first possession after the scrum, but Detroit then missed its next five shots and turned the ball over on an offensive foul by Sadiq Bey. The game got ugly. 
it is what I would expect from a team as young as the Pistons. I would expect better from a team with as many veterans as the Lakers, supposedly incensed by Stewart trying to get a piece of their superstar leader. One of those veterans in purple and gold actually came through, Carmelo Anthony. He would make his next three three-pointers, the last of which cut the Pistons' lead to five with just under nine minutes to play. I'm sure any of you who watched or checked the box score are thinking, well, what about Russ Westbrook? He finished with 26 points on 10 of 21 shooting, including 7 of 12, five of them at the rim in the fourth quarter, which is, without question, a good night for Russ, especially this season. And Westbrook certainly went into attack mode, but the Pistons had a big part in making it possible. For some unknown reason, when Russ dumped the ball to AD in the mid-post, the man guarding him repeatedly left Russ to double AD. Doubling AD, uh, considering the matchups, wasn't a bad idea. Doing it off the guy who had just passed the ball? Not so much. Westbrook simply cut to the basket and, with no one rotating over, got rolling with a number of layups. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Those of you who have been killing Lakers coach Frank Vogel and calling for him to be fired are going to have to cut him some slack for at least one night. He called a crucial timeout when the Lakers were about to turn the ball over with an eight-second backcourt violation. And the zone he threw at the Pistons was also a big part of what inspired the comeback. If you want to argue he should have done it sooner, I'm not going to say you're wrong. But he went to it when he did, and it worked. I just had this conversation with Steve Kerr. It amazes me how NBA players are still unfamiliar with how to attack a zone. Uh, we were talking about the value I was with Steve, about the value of Andre Iguodala recognizing a zone, I believe it was the New Orleans Pelicans throughout the Warriors, and how Iggy recognized it, and immediately flashed to the middle. It's basketball 101. You don't beat a zone with dribble drives, which is what the Pistons attempted over and over again. You have someone flash to the middle. You get the ball to them, and the defense has to collapse. That opens either shots around the perimeter or cutters coming down the baseline depending on how the defense reacts. Or if no one reacts, and I just saw this in the Stanford University of Portland women's game, my daughter is a redshirt freshman for the pilots, 
you have an open jumper at the free throw line. When the Pistons weren't dribble driving against that zone, they were attempting threes. A lot of them rushed off balanced. Now the Pistons came into the game already as the worst three-point shooting team in the league. They are also the worst shooting team in the league overall. They killed the Lakers early with their pick and rolls and their athleticism, but the zone took that away, and I never really saw them go back to it. Instead, they went into ISO mode, mostly to Jeremy Grant, who missed three of his four fourth quarter shots. The Pistons overall, three for 18 in the fourth quarter. Now, give the Lakers credit. They played with as much energy and made as many second and third efforts defensively as I've seen them make all year. But the Pistons made it easier on them with poor spacing and showing no patience to create a good shot by moving the ball as they had earlier. If I hadn't just seen them have the same sort of collapse against the Warriors' B team, I might be inclined to give all the credit to the Lakers. But I can't. The Pistons played like a young team that had lost its leading rebounder and shot blocker in Stewart and went into hero ball mode. It's what young teams do. With Stewart out, Grant had the task of guarding AD on the block down the stretch, which I'm sure also impacted him at the offensive end. And for once, AD made that mismatch you would expect it to be. As I said going into the season, the drama and excitement of the battle for this year's title would be heightened if the Lakers were in the mix. I had a hard time seeing it then, and it would be pure optimism to believe this game will be the catalyst for it happening now. For one simple reason, Anthony Davis. If you assured me that AD would play the way he did down the stretch, particularly defensively, I'd be all in on Perk's proclamation. Perk wasn't talking about AD specifically. At least, I don't think he was. But that was the monster I saw come alive. He finished the game with five blocked shots, and at least three of them came in the final five minutes, two of them on one play. He had four steals, at least half of them in crunch time as well. He's, he was everything we've seen him be at various times in his career. We've just never seen it consistently, especially at winning time, and certainly, for the most part, not consistently the last two years. I've seen that monster awakened, and I've seen it go back to sleep. The harsh reality is that the Lakers left the door open for the Pistons to tie even this game and force overtime, the same way they did against the outgunned San Antonio Spurs and Charlotte Hornets and Miami Heat, games that never should have gone to overtime. The Pistons, in keeping with the rest of their play in the final minutes, turned the ball over on that last possession and never even got off a shot. I'd like to think if this was the start of a turnaround for the Lakers, they would have done it in more decisive fashion. In a fashion that wasn't giving the ball back to the other team when they could have iced the game. Let's not forget, they were up 119-114 with the ball when Westbrook turned it over with 34.6 seconds left. A good team works that for a two-for-one. Pistons actually pulled off the first part of it with Jeremy Grant scoring on a driving layup with 27.6 seconds left. 
They just couldn't execute the second part. In any case, if this was the dawn of a new day for the Lakers, I would have liked to have seen something a little different instead of a movie I've seen far too many times this season. Now, if I'm wrong about all of this, if this is the start of a consistent defensive effort led by AD that we haven't seen all season, I would welcome it. It's no fun watching guys who I have enjoyed watching over the better course of their careers, Mello, Westbrook, Rajon Rondo in particular, look old and ineffective on far too many nights. And I would expect to see that revival against the Knicks, their next opponent, who are having their own issues, losing four of their last six, the two wins against the 1-15 Houston Rockets, and 7-11 Indiana Pacers. I would expect to see AD lay four quarters of misery on former Laker Julius Randle, who has shot better than 40% only once in his last six games, and that against the big man free Chicago Bulls in a loss. I'd expect to see Westbrook outduel his friend and former workout partner Derek Rose. I'd expect to see Vogel outmaneuver Tom Thibodeau. It's really not that big of an ask. The Knicks aren't even sure what their best lineup is right now. And their defense, Tibbs' area of expertise, has slipped from third last season to 17th. I just have a hard time seeing a comeback win over the Pistons because Isaiah Stewart lost his mind as the catalyst for some massive identity change. It's not as if they suddenly flipped a switch after LeBron's ejection. They played the same way they've played all season without him. Disorganized, reckless. And not when there have been so many other opportunities to make a statement along the way that they didn't even seem to have any interest in making. Against the Western Conference-leading Warriors. Against their biggest rival, the Celtics. Against the defending champion, Bucks. So no, I don't see a monster who has been awakened. I actually haven't seen a monster from the beginning. Now, is that negative? Maybe. Or maybe it's just reality. All right. That does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I promised in the previous episode that I would get to the Portland Trailblazers and all that is going on with them But I'm going to try to swing back to positivity. And there are a couple teams, namely the Clippers and the Suns, that deserve closer examination because they do seem to be on the right track. Or maybe something equally positive will come up between now and then. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 